What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Love Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Howdy gang, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue and Green podcast, episode 111, uh, no less. My name's Imran, thanks for tuning in. A quick reminder before we jump straight into this episode, a uh, quick reminder that the Blue and Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue and Green Radio, the online internet radio station that broadcasts from London and uh, hosts shows from across the whole wide world. Um, and um, we're going to speak to one of our Blue and Green Radio presenters for the show today. Today we're catching up with uh, uh, Mr. V uh, Varhe, currently usually based, usually based in uh, Melbourne, Australia. But for the, this conversation, we find him in Sydney, Australia. Um, and uh, it's it's been a mega long time since we uh, kind of managed to catch up, and uh, it's a brilliant. Uh, it's, it's a real joy to, to do so and it's, it's resulted in a bumper sized episode uh, which is you know which is I'm always a fan of I'm always and the longer the better it's always great to kind of connect with people uh, just have unhindered uh, and free-flowing kind of conversations and this is uh, the most probably non-music related episode I think that we've ever hosted uh, for one of these podcasts we spend more time we don't discuss much about um, uh, Vahe's Confessions of a Curly Mind or V's joint shows or uh, Four Corners. Uh, we spend most of the time talking about Thor and Marvel's Phase 4 uh, as well, and um, as well as Vahe's uh, adventures uh, outside of music as well, when there's always so many adventures uh, and, and ventures that he kind of... Um, that his his um, his passions kind of uh, take him in. It's uh, cool to to kind of unpack some of those today with the upcoming um, Fingers Crossed Man. Such an exciting project, uh, his dark southern uh, graphic novel, uh, which um, I can't wait to to see the light of day. It's going to be fantastic. So we delve straight into. Uh, into that as part of our conversation we also talk about uh, his kind of um his uh, well, his youtube show was i think we this we, we we may have labeled it as a as a watch party um uh but his uh, show that you can find on youtube an evening with nuts and um it's him and his buds uh kind of connecting over 80s movies and um it's a it's a lot of fun there's some great episodes online and again we discussed that in the episode as well today so yeah lots of stuff to get through um and uh, so as, as it's such a bumper sized episode we'll we'll jump straight in uh regular listeners of the podcast will know we feature two songs uh, per episode our guest Vahe will pick the closing number uh, but i have the luxury of picking uh the opening one and i'm going to go to one of our buddies um the soul sound collective who we've been a real fan of uh, 
for such a long, long time. They released their EP, the Purple Moon EP, uh, a little bit earlier this year. Well, um, oh no, excuse me, July this year. Um, and um, it's, a, it's just a wonderful EP. They have such a great body of work, and I thought it'd be awesome to play a track from uh, from, yeah, from their Purple Moon EP. And I'm going to go with the opening number, which is Made It Through the Night. I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, it's an awesome song, and they're in a fantastic band, so I always want to shout out. Um, uh, their kind of wonderful, wonderful efforts, as well as the wonderful efforts of Vahe and his continued outstanding contributions to Blue and Green Radio. I want to thank him, as always, uh, for everything that he's done for us. Um, and it's always a pleasure to kind of connect with him, and hopefully we'll be doing so uh, more often. So uh, thanks uh, to all. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the Soul Sound Collective. Surreal. Um, it's been 
it's been quite some time, I guess, it's like since we we spoke. You said, like same old, same old. What is what is that like for you guys now? <laughs> I mean, you're like it's been. I think last time we spoke, you were still heavily on Corona lockdown and stuff like that. I mean, it's been I guess a year, well over a year since we we spoke. How I mean, I know you're getting out there and you're seeing movies and stuff like that. How is stuff over there now? Um, I mean, everything eventually opened up because they they couldn't keep everyone locked in for any more than they had already. Um, and now it's kind of, I mean, now there's there's cases again. Like it's it's winter here, so it's the middle of flu season. Um, I've been sick like the last three weeks. Oh, like nice. each week, each week we all just collectively get something. We we had like a stomach bug that was floating around, then we had a flu, just a regular flu. Now half the people I know have got COVID again. Um, yeah, it's just, it's nasty time of the year. It's always, my birthday rocks around in June. Right. Like my birthday rolls around in June and every year since as far back as I can remember, I just get like deathly sick during June <laughs> and July. It's like just a season of that. Um, I think, I was trying to remember in 2009, I was going to have a birthday party um, and I delayed it by a month because I ended up getting swine flu. Yeah, so you've said, yeah, I remember, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every year was something different, so yeah. I'm not too surprised, but I guess in terms of like what's happening in, in Melbourne and stuff like that, it's everything's still open, um, but I think they're pushing for like the fourth jab at this point. They want right. people to be quadruple vaxxed yeah. for certain, certain things, but otherwise the uh, economy's kind of shit. Everything's really, really <laughs> expensive. Like everything's just tripled in price. Oh right. Um, so you know, we had special circumstances even earlier this year. Like me and my wife both had it um, earlier this year. Mm. Uh, my wife had it while she was pregnant and about to give birth Gosh. for to our third child. So we went in, and then we had to immediately go to this isolation ward um, to give birth there. And then halfway through the night, they tested me again. And I ended up coming positive, so I, I had to leave that night and not come back for like a week. Um, oh, but when you have it, um, you're allowed to travel back and forth as long as it's um, in aid of someone who's in hospital or can't feed themselves or if mm. you're taking care of like elderly, your parents or some shit like that. So there was still like some circumstances they let you travel around and do things or groceries. If you had to feed your family and you had to go grocery shopping, they still said you can. So it was kind of like it didn't mean shit, all the shit we went through, because mm. they just kind of unraveled everything anyway and just said, no, fuck it. It's just, just do the herd thing, yeah. the herd immunity. So, yeah. When you had it, was it was it really bad or was it just like a cold? Was it? Um, it was like it was like a cold. It was like a sort of standard flu, but every so often, maybe two or three times throughout the day, your entire energy level just drops mm. and you can't even stand. You have to like lie down, you're short of breath. Um, so I just, I couldn't really trust myself to be out anyway, yeah. like driving or doing anything like mm. that. Just got to be near a bed. Uh, yeah. And my wife, like fucking hell, she went through it. Like she yeah, had it while she was giving birth and then Jesus. she got like a secondary infection while she was giving birth. And then after birth, um, it went to her lungs, so she had to battle it, kind of like the worst version of it. Um, yeah, the worst the worst version of it is, is a bit more like hairy. It's a bit more mm-hmm. scary. 
Um, but otherwise, it's like just a slightly worse flu. Although I think swine flu hit me harder yeah. than COVID ever did. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe a story Good times. Mm. Yeah. Good times, dude. But third kid, man. Congratulations. Obviously, I reached out a message before, but we haven't spoken to you since. How? How, how mm. is that? Yeah, it's pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Congratulations. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's cray cray because uh, I know I told you ages ago my my eldest kid stopped mm. sleeping yeah. at like the age of two in her bed, so I've been sort of crashing on the couch and couch surfing with her for the last two years, and every night we kind of put her to bed and I kind of sleep next to her on the couch, and now um, number two has just started doing the same thing. <laughs> And number one, still, I'm still doing that for number one. So I'm like, oh shit! So I'm kind of like juggling between the two. Um, they're they're up at all hours of the night. So one will get up. I'll try to put her to bed, and then the other one will get up an hour later. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. What a lot so of nighttime I mean, activity? Do you? I, mean, I think we kind of we, we talked about it last time with with your oldest. Then it was sort of was it like her some kind of subconscious thing about like you know quarantine and kind of this general fear that's just constantly in the air was that kind of impacting her on any levels i mean for for the for the geez now for two i mean are you able to identify like what it is that's kind of is it just become routine now for the first yeah like the first is okay with sleeping and even waking up at night she just needs her ipad (laughs) <laughs> she just wants the iPad. She'll call out and be like, "Baba, the iPad." I'm like, sure, and she'll just like zone out in front of it for like five minutes and then fall back to sleep. Right. So she's kind of okay. Um, but it's it's kind of like the two year old threshold. So number two didn't get affected by lockdowns. Really, she was too young. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born in the middle of it. She was born in April 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more like they reach a certain age and then this one just got afraid of the dark like my eldest was like that too she just immediately just did not want to stay in her room didn't want to sleep in the dark didn't want to sleep alone it's like they become aware of fear maybe in general right um some separation anxiety too because they're both going to kindergarten this number two just started going Mm. to kindy and i think she's got some separation anxiety with with mum. right so it's, it's a few different things but i think it's fairly standard for some kids from what i've heard um but but not everyone mm. i think my yeah. I, I think i mentioned before my oldest Annalie, she she didn't sleep through the night until she was four and mm. like she would wake up just like crying as standard about three times a night and i would just sort of run into the room each time and sit with her and like you lie on, lie on the floor until mm. she kind of falls asleep but yeah we used to I used to think it was just because of that level of attention, you know, where they will say you got to sleep, train them and let them fall asleep by themselves. And I think I didn't do that uh, at first. It was always a matter of I would, <laughs> I would like rock her to sleep for over an hour every night, just like walking oh, in yeah. the room and people would be like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to regret that. <laughs> you're going to regret that because she'll, she'll have no concept of how to do this herself. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that was probably what happened. Um, but yeah, it took her about, four yeah till she was just before four and i remember she would just wake up and cry and i remember one of the one the one time i just walked in and it was like 
like four or five in the morning and she was just crying in her room and I walked in and I was like what's wrong and she went uh she was crying and she went I can't sleep and I went okay why are you crying and she just kind of stopped and went I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it just become like you wake up and cry and it's like there's nothing like like you, you know you, like you're experiencing with fear and fear of the dark or anything like that it was nothing it was just become a routine of your eyes mm. open it's dark cry <laughs> and it was like well there's actually a reason to hey some mornings i feel like that too trust me no reason just open my eyes and be like ah oh, not again yeah. life <laughs> life <laughs> yeah the sleep training so we did that for number one and two right. and it worked it worked okay. beautifully like they would self-soothe and if they did wake up in the middle of the night i'd be watching them on the monitor anyway because i'd be up all night anyway hmm. and like they just kind of you know, suck on their hands and kind of rub their face. They do various things to soothe themselves back to sleep. Yeah. And it worked. But it didn't work beyond two. So <laughs> you get you might buy yourself like a year and a half worth of, you know, decent nights, but then as soon as they hit two, it's like anything's anything goes. Like they'll yeah. just switch overnight. So Yeah. Don't feel too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. How are they kind of are they are they all is everyone getting on? Is anyone having that kind of, hey, who's the new guy? <laughs> is any of that going on? Is everyone kind of like, hey, this is lovely? So it was fascinating to watch because number one kind of was hazing number two because she was used to just being by herself for a right. couple of years. And then it took maybe six to seven months for, for her to get used to having a sibling. Um, so ever since then, they've gotten along pretty well. And then since number three came along, both of them have been like really doting, big sisterly oh, kind of kind. And yeah, it's been really cool to see. But number two is a little rough. So <laughs> every now and then she's like shoves the baby or gets a little too into the playing with toys and like smacks her over the head with something. <laughs> or like, shit, dude, <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's the only way she'll learn that. Like, no, <laughs> cut it out. Yeah. But they're they're like they're they're pretty rough and tumble as well. Like they're they're wild. Like my kids, the two of them, at least number one, number two, they're like wild children, man. <laughs> um, I love it, and I kind of don't at the same time. But I think I wouldn't have it any other way because I feel like it's. I feel like they're in like a prison system, and they're toughening each other up. <laughs> you know. And number three is observing. She's really observant, even right. at a young age. She's just really watching and, and learning a lot of things about them. And I think she's going to be like the toughest out of all three. Oh, wow. She's picking comes out to their it. weaknesses and everything, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the third one does. They'll chill, just chill in the cut and just watch <laughs> um, and then kind of be a bit more political about what they do and, you know. Mm. Yeah. Nice. It's fun, man. Yeah. You, uh, you, do you, uh, you probably hate this question, but do you consider more? Will the will the brood extend? Man, we once we hit three, we're like, dude. I I feel like once we have three, it's like it's piss easy having more. Like <laughs> if we can handle three, we can do like five. You know, easy. Like it just feels that way. Right. But it's more it's more about the mind is willing, but the body is not <laughs> because God. we're we're both thirty eight now right. and. Wifey's been through the shit with all three of them. Like all right. three pregnancies yeah. have been pretty fucking rough. So I vetoed the idea. I'm like, I don't want to see you go through this shit again. I'm already traumatized three times over. 
So, and she's well, still not. open to it. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> women in pain thresholds, man. She's just she recovers and then she's like, yeah, I could do it again. But it's I'm funny, like, like, with, like <laughs> birth is 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 like is insane because for a woman, it's like the most pain and discomfort and everything for as long as it takes but then it's mm. like it's instantly replaced like instantly with the single greatest feeling and and experience in the world you are handed yeah. a, you're handed a child and this is yours and you're seeing you know what you've you've created from love and you've carried this for nine months and it's just it's i can't think of anything else where you just go through hours of agony and pain and torment and torture and then boom it's over mm. Now here's, we're going we're to instantly replace it with the single best feeling in the world. And it's bizarre, yeah. isn't it? Yep, it is. Um, speaking of, sorry, my eldest just ran into the room. <laughs> I, I was assured this would not happen. This is very unprofessional. You get absolutely free to, to do whatever you need to do. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll wait. All right. Give me like one. Okay, no problem. She's leaving. Hold on. She's leaving. <laughs> no monkey all right and we're back awesome she right ah she's fine she's she's not asleep yet she sleeps a little later these days and we're not actually in melbourne we um we're in the in-laws house in sydney since about late april okay um staying here till about january so um there's not a lot of locks on these doors. <laughs> so they just bust through. Like I'm working from home as well in, in this little rumpus room. Uh, it's like a makeshift office, mm. but the doors are like accordion doors that are like right. made of really thin wood. Sound gets through. They bash through and come at all, all hours of the day. <laughs> so wow, it's like, right. Yeah. Anyway, she's upstairs now. So that should be fine. Amazing. Amazing. That's, that's cool. How, mm. how, how's sydney i mean i don't know you're obviously anything about sydney is it, is it cool at that side of the of the country um i'm not a big fan of sydney haven't been for a long long time i've been here quite a bit since i was a kid like back and forth um used to play basketball tournaments okay. up in sydney every couple of years so we'd, we'd take a bus or a plane um but i was never fond of the place i just didn't like the vibe uh, this section of it though is nice it's the north shore um it's very quiet um, but at the same time, it's very decrepit. Like everything's decaying. Oh, really? Like nothing. The suburb is decaying. Like the streets, the buildings, everything's like in this weird state of decay. And then the actual people here as well. <laughs> the people are in a state of decay. <laughs> like every year we come back here, it's like the the just the regular makeup of people around here just gets worse and worse in terms of the people look older and more haggard and just there's a lot of just really ugly people in the suburb for some reason. I don't know what it is. And I'm trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. Like you can observably look around you in your, in your immediate sort of zone and be like, Oh, this is fairly like attractive quotient of people in here. Not necessarily including myself, but here, man, it's just like everyone got hit with the ugly stick in this suburb. And it's just amazing. I'm the best looking dude. In like an entire suburb of people, man, <laughs> and you, no one even looks twice at me. Do, it's really do, weird. <laughs> do you, do you share these observations with people in Sydney? And do they all go, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> Some of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I share it with the family. I'm like, dude, what's up with this? What's up with <laughs> it's the, the, the suburb is called Hornsby, so it's again very like carryover from the from all the British names. Like everything around here is still very much British tinged. Um, uh, yeah, Hornsby in the North Shore, great place. Don't get me wrong, but just just really circling the drain. <laughs> <laughs> the entire suburbs just circling the drain, man. They're just biting. They're just buying their time, just waiting. Do they? Is that something? The, is that the tagline of, of like as you drive into the, the city? It says you are now entering. <laughs> Welcome to Hornsby. Yeah, I think what? that the Hornsby Shire. Yes, circling the drain. Circling the drain. Wow, that's yeah. well scathing but you know it, what can you do it's it, it, if that's the situation it's, then fair enough it's a weird dichotomy you go to the shops there's one central area here that's like a big shopping center like it is everywhere um the shopping center's built up it's been re- renovated there's all these funky new things happening there all these niche restaurants and little you know your little slider burger places and shit you know that you can go to but at the same time you walk through the, the shops and there's like junkies walking around uh there's a pretty heavy police presence because there's a lot of junkies around apparently mm. um there's a few like um mental hospitals here so i think one time my wife before she was my wife she got like um accosted by some dude on the street just opposite her house just for walking down the road mm. um who had escaped from some place down the street um some kind of men- mental institution i think it was um, so there's a fair, fair, bit of, fair bit of that as well. Right. Um, it's just a weird fucking place. And then I, I go to the uh, cinema here. It's over 100 years old. It's called the Odeon Theatre. It's one single cinema screen that's been around for over 100 years. Um, so there's shit like that, which makes me love it as well because I love that place. Mm. Um, it's usually I go to a movie and it's just me and the entire theatre. Right. And the sound system in that one theater is just, it melts your face and blows your, your ear holes apart. It's just so good that you really start to notice how shit modern theater sound right. is. It's always been shit for me because I always felt like it wasn't loud enough. The surround isn't really there. It's all at the front. It's like the front loaded. Um, okay. You go back to like an old school theater and the, the sound just like fucking just explodes your balls. This is great. <laughs> like I saw Top Gun Maverick there and holy crap, like just the jet the jet noises and the sounds, it was just unreal. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Are, are you are you a fan of the, I'm I'm amazed at how um how popular the cuz I almost everyone I know has seen it. I haven't seen the the new Top Gun yet, but everyone that I know has seen it honestly loves it and uh, you know, they're totally kind of enthralled by sort of how good it is and i'm mega surprised because I, I wouldn't have necessarily thought that would have worked but it, it appears to have done so did you enjoy it yeah a thousand percent wow, that's man. probably one of the best experiences i've had in the theater in a while jesus um it was it was a love letter film so i guess it depends on where you stand with how films have or entertainment has been in the last four or five years where they bring back these older franchises um, and they try to kind of reboot them or soft reboot them, that kind of shit. Mm. Or they make sequels out of it. Like we could talk about Star Wars, I guess, as an example, right. um, other, th- other things of that nature. But what the, 
what the shit thing has been is that they bring him back, but there's there's been little to no respect or continuity of what came before. There's always this, we're going to push the new thing. Here's the old characters. We're going to kill them or we're going to, we're going to denigrate them. We're going to treat them as washed up. Uh, They're going to be really bad people in these new iterations. And then we're going to push the new characters as a result of that. We're going to kill the old and push up the new. But Top Gun Maverick did was tap into, I think something that, audiences might have been wanting for a while and missing out on which is respect for the first iteration of it respect for the character of um uh, tom cruise's character in that film um respect for the story um don't just you know shit on the lead character to bring up a new character tell a story like you used to balls to the wall action little to no cg like they actually all the new characters in who are flying the planes in this film all actually went to flight school like they all had to learn Amazing. how to fly yeah and pull like massive g's and do all these crazy turns and flips and shit and that translated really well onto the screen because the fucking experience was just amazing it was just tense and yeah it was just brilliant amazing where do you kind of stand on that like um I I got I read a, an article recently about um, they're apparently doing Quantum Leap again, the TV show. But what? so yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I don't think Scott Bakula is going to be in. I don't know if he, he's not been announced for anything. And obviously, Dean Stockwell's since passed. But uh, you know, I'm not necessarily opposed to just a flat out reboot. But apparently, they're going to try and tie this this version of the show to the original. And sometimes it's like, well, why? Why don't you just treat it as an all new thing? You don't have to have Sam Beckett. It can be Sam Beckett if you want, but it could be a whole new character. But they're trying to link mm. it to, uh, that's the version I've heard anyway, that, uh, that I read just the other day. But yeah, they're trying to sort of link it to the original series. And it's like, well, why? Sometimes it feels like they do that a bit more than they may need to. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's there's so many different degrees in how you can do it. Mm. Um, like just that you mentioned that now, the first thing I thought of was, well, make Sam like the new Dean Stockwell, make him the, the play, make him play the role that Dean Stockwell played in, in the original series. Yeah. That could be a potential way to link it and then have him sort of be a carryover and and a legacy character kind of thing, you know, but like the reason they do that, I think is they're just, they, they don't have any ideas anymore. Like, or they just don't want to invest in original ideas. So what they'll do is they'll bring back a, a past IP, intellectual property, mm. and they'll kind of cannibalize it and then tell a completely different story usually, um, something that's not really true to whatever the original was. At that point, you just got to think to yourself and be like, why don't you just come up with something? Well, are you going to come up with this idea? Give it a different title. Call it something else. Make it a whole new original work. Mm. Don't just... Dr- you know, dr- dig up an old IP and then slap together a story that has little to do with what that IP was about. Yeah, and then fundamentally change the experience overall, at least for like past fans who are going to feel a certain way about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like almost retroactively reaching back into your past experiences and memories of these things and being like, "Yeah, we're going to fuck with it, mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna love it." Otherwise. And this is what Disney does really well. If if you don't like what they're pushing out, they'll start attacking the fan base. Yeah. 
<laughs> and calling them racists and istophobes and all this kind of shit. I've been seeing this happen repeatedly. It's it's almost like a playbook at this point. Um, it's to shield against like the crappy quality of the shows that are coming out. I think. Mm. Um, well, what kind of shows? Are you, so, are yeah. you, are, what stuff you're not a fan of, or something? Or well, I forgot. Yeah, we can pivot completely into this conversation because <laughs> um, you, you'd be interested in this, I'd imagine. So, MCU Phase Four. I'm yeah. not a really big fan of it. I'm oh, actually, wow, okay. not a. I just see seeing nothing but diminishing returns, man. And these D plus shows I've completely checked out. I have not wow. seen a single ep of Moon Knight. I'm not gonna watch Miss Marvel. Um I watched the first two or three eps of Hawkeye and I was like, nah. Um <laughs> can't. Even um I enjoyed Loki, even though they kind of broke his character. <laughs> mm. Um I did enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier because I like the pairing and I like those two characters together yeah. or the actors together as well. They got good chemistry, but they kind of fucked. They kind of broke a few characters there. Um, the villain was a villain that they tried to paint as a hero. Right. Like there's this mixed mixed morality messaging going on that I'm not really a fan of. One uh, Division started out great, um, kind of devolved towards the end, and. I don't know. I don't think they're putting enough thought into what they're doing now. They're, they've got an assembly line of shit now. They're just pumping it out mm. and it's really affecting it. And the last, like, I don't know, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the last Thor movie, like Love and Thunder. Yeah, it's it. just a complete joke. Like, it was cool. I did enjoy it for what it was, but at the same time, man, they really, really just don't have any they just don't care about <laughs> thor man like they really fucked with thor towards the end of Endgame, um and now he's a complete joke in the mcu right and like i he's... could do a whole episode with you about thor because i've got yeah i've got i kind of feel the same um i mm. haven't um oh where to begin with that i ha- i haven't seen love and thunder yet but my because I, I tend to watch all these old Marvel movies with my daughter, who's b- become obsessed with MCU, which is a beautiful <laughs> thing. And we've watched yeah. Spider-Man's, we watched uh, Doctor Strange uh, 2. We, you know, mm. we always go to cinema. And sometimes my wife misses out because we've got a, a, a younger one as well. And he doesn't have the attention span. He's a bit too young uh, for them. So sometimes... Maceo. Maceo, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll... Um, uh, so it tends to be something me and my daughter do. So I let... I, I think I my wife's a fan of thor so uh mm. i said oh you guys you know you, you guys go and i'll just grab a late night uh showing and my daughter so this is the first time she's seen something before me and mm. she uh she <laughs> she comes back and she's like oh man it was so good it was so good and i was like, all right well let's, don't don't ruin anything i you know i haven't seen it she goes yeah but look zeus him he's the worst I'm, okay i didn't know there was a zeus but just don't don't say anything else and she goes no no but like he's so bad i'm like no okay please don't say anything and she went um and she goes he's gonna get hercules to get thought i said okay i feel like you just told me the end of the movie that but, was yeah yeah was. And, she, and she goes no that's not the end of the movie and i said i feel like it is but please stop talking and she said, it's not the end of the movie. It's the post credit scene. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. It was the second talking. last. Yeah, yeah and I'm right. like, please stop talking. And she goes, look, he doesn't, Thor doesn't die in the film. And I went, oh, my God. 
stop talking. I was like, I just started shouting, stop talking. She's like, what is your problem? And she's got, she's become mindly obsessed with, uh, with, with death in general, uh, which is sort of a separate conversation. Mm. And she has this whiteboard in her room where she has a list of characters from the MCU that have passed. Right. Mm. So she's got, I'm looking at it right now. I'm recording in her room. Uh, she's got, uh, <laughs> she's got Quicksilver, Big Group, Gamora, uh, Vision. It's all the people at Tony Stark. Right. And I work mm. in here during the day and I, I just, I, you know, on the day after on, so the, they saw on the weekend and on Monday I was working, I looked up and I see Jane Foster and I went, Jane Foster. <laughs> <laughs> where did jade foster die did she she didn't fade away in infinity war what oh for crying out loud <laughs> yeah spoiler machine this kid damn he is no etiquette at all terrible <laughs> but yeah so there you go i but my to your credit to your point that my wife did not enjoy thought at all she 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 wasn't a fan of it so you still haven't seen it I haven't seen it. No, it's been out like a, okay. like a week. I'm hoping to go and see it, but I feel like so much of it is all gone, you know. So I, if you want to to reveal a spoiler or two, you're more than welcome. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to go watch it within the next week or so. But, so as a comedy film, it's 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 Ragnarok without the restraint, without like the the restraint that Taika would have had on that film. Like Ragnarok wasn't all Taika Waititi. It was bits and pieces of him, but he was reined in on that film. Because Ragnarok, I'm, a, I'm still a big fan of, even though they, again, switched Thor's character to whatever this iteration is now. Yeah, Ragnarok still works for me. I think it's one of the bright spots in the late sort of phase three or whatever it was uh, in the MCU. It, I think it rocks. Visually, character-wise, you have great character moments. Yeah, um, Thor finally goes a bit OP. You know, he finally taps into his proper, yeah. like, powers and shit but then this film was basically if you watched all the interviews like i did prior to it it's basically even even hemsworth said this is like if a seven-year-old got to make a film so what i was going to ask is how old's your daughter Uh, 11 right so that's pretty much in her demographic is all i can really say this particular film it's it's skewing younger because of how silly it is overall Right. right it's so silly that there's really not enough stakes for you to take the story seriously. And the story needs to be like pretty intense because of what Thor's been through. Yes. And then you've got Christian Bale who fucking, they cut a chunk of his performance out, but he was the only one really fucking giving it his all. And he, he opens the movie, his story, you get a bit of a prologue. That's not a spoiler, but they introduce, you know, gore. He plays gore. He Um, looks amazing. The trailer. He, he kills it because he kills it in everything. So he's great, and they could have really mined that and then gotten you know proper sort of deep into Thor's journey because that's what it's supposed to be. It's another him finding himself a movie. It's like how many fucking times is he going to find himself, like just get him to a point where Thor is Thor. Um, he's super confident. He's a king. You know, we want to see that fucking... What I want to see is they need to Logan Thor. Mm. Yeah, they really need an old man Thor to be fucking badass. Yeah, just haggard. He's been around for a lot longer than he was previously, thousands of years. He's he's looking visibly aged. He's he's a bit bitter. He's very violent, mm. and he's he's god tier dangerous. That's is what we need to see. But we're seeing this goofy fucking portrayal, and yeah. it's just gone off off the rails, man. 
It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's the more I think with, about it, yeah, I'm, no, ahead, I'm just less, of, less of a fan. No, that's that's I'm done. It's, <laughs> it's funny with Ragnarok because like I love that movie. I and and I think the character needed, you know, the first film was okay. You know, it was fine. Mm. It was you know, uh, the second film obviously is pretty much hailed as the worst within the first three phases. It's hailed as probably the the, the least popular Marvel movie amongst that lot. Um, so he needed Ragnarok, I think. I think even just for Hemsworth yeah. himself, he needed a, a win, I think. And the thing that just always sits uncomfortably with me about Ragnarok is that in within one sentence, I shouldn't be able to say his sentence, but within one sentence, he, he loses uh, the Warriors 3, he mm. uh, loses his father, uh, mm-hmm. he uh, loses Mjolnir, he uh, loses Asgard, ultimately, as a place. It's, it's destroyed. He loses half the mm. people on it. He loses his eye. He loses his mm. hair. But it's the funniest Marvel movie to date. <laughs> and that makes yeah. no sense. I mean, they, they don't give any time to lament any of these moments. It's It happens, and it's instantly moved on. He, there's just... And it, it's, as, a, as, a, as a storytelling thing, it just... You don't think at the end of the movie, you don't think of any of that stuff. You just think that was so funny. And it, yeah. to me, it's just that doesn't make sense. I mean, if you look at um, the Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home. I mean, brilliant. It, it's brilliant, I isn't it? I fucking and, love that. That's the best in Phase 4. Yes, 100% by far. But, you know, ho- you know, terribly sad things happen, but it's massively enjoyable. So it's not about having yeah. a sad, depressing movie in Ragnarok, but there was just no there was no balance it was like this is really sad but at no point does he lament the loss of his father there's no thought given to the the warriors three or he doesn't even ask where they are um and it's just instantly and and it just you know it there was just it just doesn't fit in in, into me Mm. so i i I, but massively successful so i'm almost not surprised love and thunder has as you know as you've described it that it's kind of gone the way it has because that's what was popular for that you know but yeah i think the logan retcon thing is a genius idea at this point it it needs that find that balance again doesn't it yeah it's like i don't know how you can it's it's a pretty big recovery job like when you eventually do see love and thunder you're just gonna you'll you'll see it and you'll be like Mm. Man, again, like they touch on some pretty intense stuff. Like I think you've already been spoiled about what happens to Jane. Yeah. But the story is, and this this was kind of spoiled ages ago. Like it's pulling from a very recent Thor comic where Jane's foster is suffering from terminal cancer. Yeah. They make a joke out of that. Right. There's no moment to pause. Not even the character of Jane Foster actually sits and acknowledges what's happening. It's just played for like it's there and then it's that's joke and then it's just played off played mm. for laughs um that's taika's influence so taika's influence crept in on ragnarok to be, uh, for those points because he doesn't let those moments actually breathe yeah um there's some like immaturity to his filmmaking and that's that's where that immaturity lies he doesn't actually let characters emote and live in that moment and actually take shit seriously mm. he's always got a fucking break the break it with some levity and i never really understood why the warriors 3 was so fucking just callously just fucking tossed aside and ragnarok just killed off in the one scene and you're gonna oh yeah i mean it has to be because what he did in fucking love and thunder was even worse like they had a bit bit of a catch-up um montage scene in the beginning of the film after the prologue and (laughs) he's mentioning like all the things that happened in the previous movies and then they show what happened to the Warriors 3 in Ragnarok in like 
a th- five second scene mm. and Korg's narrating it. And he's like, oh, then he lost his father. Oh, and then he lost these guys. Yeah. And then he doesn't even mention who they are. <laughs> yeah. They're just these guys. So it's, it's weird. It's yeah, just, but Taika had done yeah. like interviews around like Ragnarok time. And I guess when they got to the, like the spoiler sort of interviews about, well, you know, you've, he, you know, he was open about, I just wanted to rip apart everything that made him thought. And I understand that because that the third movie is always that. It's always that mm. notion of destroy and rebuild. You know, Iron Man 3, they took away all of his suits. They took away every base. He had no one to turn to, you know, yeah. um, uh, Civil War, you know, Rogers loses everything everything that every institution he believes in he's he's a renegade by the end of it so it's always destroying rebuild and ragnarok is the same they take yeah, it's a hero's away. journey yeah and i totally get it and i totally understand that but you know but taika you know when they asked him about the warriors three i think it was the empire interview that he did he just kind of went yeah didn't care just didn't care yeah and it's like see what i mean cold that's a bit unnecessary, <laughs> isn't it yeah, exactly. Like, there's bits and pieces of the actual lore and the continuity he just, like, tossed. Yeah. And he just actually didn't give a shit. It's like, this isn't really working for me. Like, that's fine, but you're working within a continuity, right? The yeah. MCU is the MCU because it slavishly adheres to its own established nice. events, mm. right? If you ignore that, which is what Phase 4 is, it's ignorance of the, of the canon. That's why shit like... Um, Fuck, what am I thinking? Just some of the TV shows that there's been like this soft re- rebooting and retconning of things, of right. characters happening, and it's it's just getting out of control. And there's no real clear indication of where Phase Four is heading. There's there has been no unified um, push forward, narratively speaking. It's just been haphazard as fuck. Well, I kind and of it's really at, showing. Sorry, try. I look at Phase mm. Four as basically Phase One again. Because it's yeah. introducing new characters now. We've got Shang Chi. We've got uh, Miss Marvel. We've got um, blah, 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 forgetting everyone's name. Well, Moon um, Knight. Uh, Moon Knight, which was not a good show. I, I really didn't. Uh, I really didn't enjoy that one. Um, but you're you're introducing new characters. I mean, in fairness to them, I mean Thanos doesn't actually appear until the end of Phase One. Um, yeah, and he's what unifies them. And you know, the, those that Phase One is basically. Here are these characters. So I'm looking at phase four in the same kind of light. Um, That's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if, if you're not enjoying it, you're not enjoying it. And that obviously needs to be. But, I mean, someone said, oh, God, I had a conversation with someone just the other day. And they went through the the amount of hours within each phase. So phase one is something like maybe 13 hours of content. Um, and it obviously escalates. Currently, phase four has 50 yeah and it's not even finished it's going into well into next year you've got several more films and tv shows still to go and i mean it's phase four is aggressive you know Mm. and the amount of of things that they're actually putting out and you do wonder like i mean how how long can it keep going i mean there's so many new characters in phase four like an incredible amount of new characters so sometimes you think you probably should have just scaled this back just a little bit because I don't know how you're going to juggle all this. It's a bit crazy. It's it's definitely quantity over quality now. Like it's for me, it's diminishing quality. It's very spotty. It's it's not as enjoyable, and they're really, really, they're really nasty about their own legacy characters. Like every every character in the last ten years in the MCU has had their turn being deconstructed, right, and then being replaced. 
it's uh, if you talk to anyone who's big into the comics, um, like I've been, I haven't actually collected comics or read the comics, but I know a lot of people who do, and they're like, yeah, dude, this is exactly what they did in the actual comics. The, but in the MCU film iteration, they've done it a lot sooner, within a 10, 12-year span, or at least after Endgame. At least Endgame might have been the um, point where it started to sort of change in that direction. Yeah. Um, and it's it's things like um, bait and switch is a real issue with people, like fans. You advertise something as being this, but then it ends up being sort of something else. Right. And the focus is always off the main character. So Doctor Strange wasn't really a Doctor Strange movie. It wasn't really about him. Not really. It was about introducing new characters. Like you said, it's probably like rebooting to phase one status. Yeah, They have well, to really introduce all these new characters, but it's at the expense of the lead character of your film. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man works because it's a fucking movie about him and all the fucking shit he goes through and the decisions he makes, the consequences. Um, they have the nostalgia baiting, but it worked so fucking well. Yeah. They had the multiverse, but it worked so well because yeah. you tied together all the Spider-Mans now and their villains. Yeah. Um, the emotional stakes were high. Um, it was just an incredible movie and there was no... I don't know, there was no sort of overt political messaging or any kind of, mm. this kind of external messaging about anything. It was yeah. just, we're in this world, we're telling a story in the confines of this world. You are now along for the ride. That's what a film should do. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't take you out of the moment, right? Mm. Like, I don't know. That's just, that's been a bit of an issue, I think, in the fandom. Yeah. Um, well, with, you know... About like No Way Home, but I, I to me the the, the the most genius aspect of the film was every iteration of Spider Man, whether it's a comic book or a, a film, it begins. He learns the message of um, mm. uh, that you know Ben's death ultimately is what inspires uh, that that moral grounding. You know, with mm. great power comes great responsibility. It's always the beginning, and the fact that he learns it at the end just yeah. blew my mind but at the end of the third movie do you know what i mean like that 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 yeah. cycle came there just brilliant writing brilliant because writing. then that makes that makes like the first three like he's he's not even spider-man really he's exactly. like his pre yes. spider-man growing into the role and yeah. now he's fully accepted what it is and what it's all about yes. and then the next trilogy would be really more mature peter parker dealing with that yeah. being a solo superhero yeah i do hope he does yeah. another one but, um, yeah, I, I think yeah. he's taking a break. He said, um, but they have they have actually organised. They want to do another trilogy uh, with him. And yeah, he was very the, open, wasn't the, he? He, he? I think he he yeah. either got he had. The, I, I I imagine he got the Marvel call because he just before the film came out, uh, he was doing all the all this press, and they says, "Is this going to be it for you?" And he says, "I want to do it until they tell me I can't anymore, and I want to do this, and I want you know, I'm I love the character." Mm. The just as the movie came out. He's like, I'm taking a break and I'm not doing anymore. And I think I reckon, and even Amy Pascal was like, yeah, we're having conversations with Marvel with Feige right now. Yeah. Even yeah. Amy Pascal said it. And then, you know, I reckon Feige called and said, dude, let's just sell the movie first. And then we'll talk about, don't tell yeah. them that there's more. He deserves we're... a break. He yeah. deserves a break anyway. <laughs> Take time He's off. putting in the work. <laughs> um, here's, here's a bit of scuttlebutt on why No Way Home was No Way Home. Mm. It it was the least involvement from Feige, right? Okay. They were 
because the property still belongs to Sony. They always have the final say. This is technically a Sony movie, right? It's not really an MCU movie other than Feige's kind of involved and provided some suggestions and some guidance. It was the least involvement he had in, in the entirety of Phase 4, and it was the most successful and well-loved movie of Phase 4. Like, think on that. The original idea for Spider-Man 3, again, was a bait-and-switch idea where it was not about him. It was about... It was going to feature heavily uh, Captain Marvel. She was going to be co-starring. Really? And it was going to be yeah. It was going to be based in space. It was going to continue the Kree storyline that started in her film. Um, it had nothing to do with him. Wow. Think about that. Think we were going to get that movie, and then Sony was the one that said, "No, nah, fuck that. We're not doing that. Um, we're going to go balls to the wall and tell some tell a story that we think the fans are actually going to dig, and it's going to be a Spider-Man story. It's going to be a tight, emotional narrative." Um, and it worked. Wow. So think on that, man, because Feige's been spearheading this entirety of Phase 4. It's been his baby. Mm. And the failures, I think, are reflective on how he's been consciously pivoting away from what made the first 10 years really work. Um, and even if it's rebooting to a Phase 1 status, uh, it's not working for me, man. It's really just losing me big time. Doctor Strange 2, I enjoyed as well. Um, but again, I don't know, something about it seemed like it was, something is just missing. I don't know. I don't know. I can't pinpoint it with Dr. Strange too. Again, I think the, it wasn't too focused on him as much as I would have liked it to be. It's just too grandiose. Like, tell me a story about the character, man. I want to get to know him better. I, I just could give a fuck about all this other stuff happening around him. I actually, um, I, I got, I looked at it as a film about him and about Wanda. Um, I actually got a lot out of it from him, from his perspective, that notion of mm. the version of him from a multiverse perspective, the version that we're exposed to is like the one good version of it. Like they kind of play off, I think, are they linking to the what if episode where he basically destroys that entire universe Maybe. because they kind of reference him having destroyed a, a universe and it's i love that um you know that mm. obviously the the road to hell uh is page of good intentions and that's they kind of describe almost all other versions of strange as as that mm. and like he's always actually the villain despite his best intentions he has he's always trying to help but his efforts are you know causing you know catastrophic kind of you know mess and chaos and death even though he's really mm. trying to do the right thing and it's like this one version that we have of him um that we're kind of you know been following sort of through the movies thus far it's like that's the one guy who sort of kind of gets it right although <laughs> barely you know he still barely. jeopardizes everything by doing it but it's it's that ego that they play into with him you know with that i guess from him as a surgeon that i'm the best i'm the best you know I can make it, I can make miracles happen. It's like that ego carries over to mm. this character. And I kind of, I like that. I, I think in at the beginning when he almost has to look, I've, I've got to kill you, you know, to America. It's like, I, because it's the only way to save everyone. And he would, he would have done it. It was his intention to, to kill her for the greater good. Mm. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not the hero. And I kind of, no. I got a lot out of him. <laughs> um from from that movie and obviously it was after it was a crushing end for wanda because her and mm. thor I, i'm quite quite drawn to um in terms of just their narrative 
within MCU mm. because she has always known nothing but grief. And that's ultimately like the, the character's kind of destiny, really, to know not, nothing <laughs> but grief. And it's it's heartbreaking, but then to see it carry over to now well, now you're the villain. You know, it, I thought that that was, that was quite kind of crushing in a way. It was a bit of a stretch. I think they they wanted her to be the villain, so they just made her the villain. But I think if you really... I saw someone online boil it down to like a sentence of what was driving Wanda in that film, and it was something like uh, her favorite sex toy died. <laughs> it was like vision. <laughs> it was like, really, how long did they actually have together to really establish this like immense grief that she's felt over this sentient machine <laughs> and the kids that she conjured out of nothing yes. that she didn't actually have like what were the actual emotional stakes driving this i don't think they were, it didn't really convince me that much it was just we needed her to be the villain so she's the villain and this is why and she's much more of a stronger nuanced character than just devolving into that mm. as far as i'm concerned like she there could have been a much better way of handling her as a villain um, just because of her immense power yeah, uh, but I'll say I didn't. I still enjoyed it. Like I've got gripes with the entire Phase Four, but mm. in terms of what I've enjoyed, I've definitely enjoyed that. Um, uh, Spider Man No Way Home. I did have fun with Loki because he's just a lovable character, and Tom Hiddleston plays him so well. But that again was like a bait and switch because um, there's female Loki now. Right. It's just like yeah. she even says it right. She even says it when she pops up. She's like. <laughs> this isn't about you. And everyone who was like sick of this shit already was like, oh, come on. Now they're just out and out saying it. It's like, nah, it's the new female version now. That's We don't give a shit about the whatever that, that original Loki was. It's not about you anymore. It's about female Loki. <laughs> um, visually and like narratively, I didn't mind it. I liked, I liked what they were doing. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, but again, they had to kind of break his character to make him fit. Um, into that world because he wasn't he wasn't the loki that died in infinity war absolutely and it takes him like five minutes before they basically make him that loki montage yes (laughs) they montage montage. him, and he's ultimately (laughs) i one of the intriguing elements of that show was like well you've this is loki at his worst like the Mm. height of his evil he's trying to conquer literally the world and kill his brother and everything and that's going to be the hero for this show And i thought this is going to be interesting but then that version becomes Endgame's version. Within yeah, five minutes. they had to. Yeah, because yeah. they couldn't. And you can try to justify it and be like, okay, the reason Loki was that worst Loki in Avengers because he was under the influence of the Mind Stone. Like that's why right. he had it in his. Fair I don't know if views. people forget that. Yes. When he totally. first rocks up, his eyes look fucked. He's just completely being corrupted by whatever yeah. the Mind Stone Fair is doing enough. to him. Yeah. Um, without it. It took him like years and multiple movies to actually turn that shit around and until you get to about Ragnarok and he is that Loki that's more affable and willing to, you know, do the right thing instead of being a selfish prick. Mm. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, they, consider that. They, they had to compress that to tell the, the TV show mm. uh, story. Fuck, what else did we, um, what else was there in phase four? There's just been too many things now. Uh, Miss Marvel, did you, you've not watched it. Nah, I'm not gonna bother. I wasn't. I I absolutely hate Captain Marvel. I think that's the worst <laughs> film in the MCU by really? far. Wow, absolutely, I loathe it. 
it's because oh. it breaks. It's one of the worst offenders of breaking their own canon right. and completely fucking up Nick Fury's mysterious backstory of badassery of how he lost right. his eye. Okay. Remember that shit when he pulled off his eye patch and yeah. said, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Yeah. Well, he trusted And then you're like, fucking cat scratched his eye. And that was played for laughs, right? Oh, he's a big joke now. Because right, he yeah. lost his eye and, and he won't tell anyone why and he's got to pretend that it was a badass thing. It's right. like, no, he's been the most badass fucking character in the entire MCU. He's not super-powered. He's just a dude. Mm. And even the super-powered people are fucking, you know, skittish around him. Yeah. Like, they want to avoid him. And that's the character you take and you ruin. Like, come on. And then just, like, the, okay. just, yeah. the, just the continuity gets fucked up. They retroactively... Um, credit her carol danvers with the avengers initiative she's for some reason her call sign is avenger on the plane why who knows (laughs) who who is carol danvers as a character we did we don't we never find out because she's just she plays she's just up like a plank she just doesn't have any character in that film um and there's just a heavy sort of i don't want to say feminist angle but they really just like pushing the um this cliched fucking montage where all these men are pushing her down in in her life they have that fucking one line where it's like you know why they call it a cockpit right (laughs) what (laughs) come on (laughs) and everything you want to know about carol as a character is told to you like her friend is like well she's where they're having their little emotional moment and she's like i don't even know who i am like some pretty shit acting as well, by the way, by Brie <laughs> Larson, and then her friend, uh, not Monica Rambo or one of the, no, the older daughter, Rambo, um, yeah, oh Maria gosh. Rambo, I think her name is oh, the mother. I don't remember. Yeah, Ram- I think it's Rambo. Maria. Miss Rambo. Miss Rambo. <laughs> um, she's like, I know who you are. You're smart. You're funny. You're 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 the best person I know. You're so helpful. I'm like, okay, well, you can say that about anyone, but show it to me. Right, like we didn't have any time with her to actually like make her likable. She was just insufferable. Um, I just did not like it at all, man. It was, it was kind of spitting in the face of for the MCU, and it was sandwiched in between two of the biggest films of all time. Right, and right. it made a billion dollars because of that fact, because people thought they had to go see it. But you really didn't miss anything. Like you could have just left it off the table, let there be some breathing room between Infinity War and Endgame and have those two be your epic swan song. And then to me, Captain Marvel just kind of came and kind of ruined it a little bit. Oh, wow. But yeah, that, I'm not a big I fan can't, of I, I actually, I like the film, but I, I can't dispute anything that you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> when I watch it again, I'll put it back, this is shit. <laughs> but I, I, can't, no, I can't actually dispute anything you just said. That's, that's quite... I was you. Let me just explain, because I know I'm coming off a little militant with this shit, because <laughs> I was you, right? I would consume, I would take, I would enjoy everything, like I do. Like, mm-hmm. if I if I have a smoke, I basically enjoy everything I've watched, and I'll explain that in a sec. <laughs> but that film and the entirety of the MCU experience, as I got older over the last three, four years, as I got into certain se- subsections of the fandom on YouTube... And they really opened my eyes and made me re-look at all this stuff and be like, you know what? A lot of this was just unnecessary, insulting to characters, to fans. You really start to see these things that really just ruin the experience of the films. Mm-hmm. And it's just this disdain for their own continuity sometimes where 
that's the whole mark of phase four. Like I was saying, they just want to kind of tear down what they built. It's like you don't have to tear down what you built as your foundation. There is a way to meaningfully go forward with a phase four and build upon the previous three phases without having to insult or denigrate by virtue of building the new one, having to destroy the old one. You don't have to do it that way. Right. So for me, it's like a conscious decision that they've made to do that. Um, fuck me, man. Like, I, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, but I finally got around to watching Morbius. Okay. I, I fucking seen that yet. had a, you liked had that a great time. Yeah, <laughs> a great time watching okay. Morbius. It's become a joke of a film. Like, it's been memed to death, but yeah. it doesn't have all these things that's dragging the MCU down. It's it actually told a very tight origin story for the character. It was a character piece. Um, it was a it was almost like a Thor Loki relationship in terms of Morbius and his adopted brother. Mm. Um, it was a very tight, compressed story, and it was just fun. It was fun to watch, and it was right. just well made. Um, that is literally even like the most a, positive thing I've heard about the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't I haven't read too much. I don't I t- in complete complete honesty, I don't um put a lot of stock in Sony's uh branch of Marvel yeah. or uh, you know, Spider Man movies. I, I I've not I can't think of one where I went, Wow, you guys nailed it. Um oh well I don't know if you can count multiverse of not multiverse, uh Spider Verse. Spider Verse um, was dope. That yeah. was <sighs> wow like incredible it was great yeah it was, it was perfect yeah. it was it's a flawless flawless movie um so i i yeah even that i was just like i can't believe that came from um you know amy pascal production sort of thing but like yeah we just couldn't fault mm. it um but yeah the the venom movies i've not uh been uh, a fan of um either so yeah I yeah yeah surprised. number one had its charms number two is kind of yeah you know it is what it is mm. i'm i Enjoy number one, but Sony has a very specific brand. You're right. Like, not just their superhero uh, arm of films, but like their general film output. It's always been common, lowest common denominator kind of appeal where they have to just be crass, really, a lot of the time. Right. You can right. tell a Sony film because it's very juvenile <laughs> right. at the end of the day. So when you get something like No Way Home, it's like, fuck, you guys can do this. You couldn't do it. Like, you don't really need the mcu to make a film like this yeah. or their involvement you can exist in the mcu but still you know just show some respect for yourselves as storytellers um tell a good story mm. that's all people want man i'm mildly hopeful um, they'll reconnect with andrew garfield following the success yeah. of it i mean i, I he stole the show for me yeah like garfield that. actually he stole the show he nailed yeah. it i was i was super happy for him because i know that mm. experience particularly the way it ended for him uh, mm. just like there was going to be a third and it was discontinued and he's replaced by a, a younger, you know, glossier version for the MCU. I mean, that must have been crushing. And it was. He, he's been mm. very vocal about, he, you know, he's tried to kind of, I think, make sense and come to peace with it in his own way. So I, I just to see him on there, it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah. And that to what that must have meant to him. So um, regardless of it, whether or not Sony... Uh, I do decide to proceed with a version of the film with him. I'm I'm thrilled he had that, and it was a positive thing, and it was well received, and that's awesome. Like, can you think of one film in the in the MCU Phase Four so far that has just that one scene where Garfield catches Tom Holland's MJ? 
Ugh, right? Because yeah. he saves her, his MJ. He couldn't save. Um, yes. Well, he didn't have an MJ, right? His was. Um, uh, um, what's his um, face? Gwen. Stacy. Gwen, right? He couldn't save Gwen. So that one fucking moment just hit so hard. Yeah, I was like, did. fuck. That, I'm missing that. I'm missing these full on proper cinematic narrative emotional beats that should exist in the MCU like they have in the in the first three phases. Mm. I'm not getting that in the new phases. There's too much um, sort of moral grayness in the mix. Um, anyway. Mm. Anyway. Sorry, dude. I did not. <laughs> it, um, I, I, I think I, I, you know, I, I know you're uh, R slash were an MCU fan. So I think I was probably going to raise it, mm. but I did not think <laughs> we'd be so bad this long. So, but I appreciate, I mean, I've, I've, I've kind of enjoyed your insights about it. So yeah, I hope you haven't minded having, having the chat. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. well, it could kind of skew into what I'm working on, which is um, I've just finished writing a graphic novel not too long ago. Yes. The dark um, sudden, that was something else I was going to ask you about as well. And I was also going to mm. ask you about an evening with nuts, but let's talk about the graphic <laughs> novel and let's talk about, well, before we go on to the, the phenomenon that is American Ninja. Uh, <laughs> let's, what's that? 59,000 views in eight. Oh months. dude. Yeah. Like what? Have you actually that? seen it? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> anyway, well, let's, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk, let's talk, let's stick with the graphic novel thing for a moment. Okay, yeah, yeah. Dark yeah, graphic yeah. Novel. How is that going, dude? I know you were looking for like storyboarders and illustrators and stuff like that, but as a story, how how is it going? Epic. Awesome. I can't really. It's just the the most epic thing I've ever written. Um, it's just epic. That's the the main word I can use. It's it's not only the first proper thing we're going to release um, outside of a three song EP, which we'll release before the end of the year. We're kind Amazing. of trying to wrap up. Um, so first thing will be music, and then hopefully. Because this shit will take a while to actually, you know, produce and, and illustrate and all that stuff. But it's just, it's going to be pretty interesting once we put it out there. And I'm kind of, um, I've got the confidence now because uh, someone I've been following on YouTube, um, who's part of these communities who cover MCU and cover comic books and, and films and TV shows and just general sort of pop culture shit. This guy uh, started, he has been very disenfranchised with comic book companies like DC and Marvel. Mm. Um, and he's like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going to make my own publishing company and I'm going to start releasing comic books. And he just recently launched his own website, had like a um, crowdfund sort of infrastructure on there, kind of similar to like a, you know, all this crowdfunding websites like Indiegogo and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a campaign to fund the first comic book that's going to be released. Um, he's got about maybe half a half a million subscribers on YouTube, mm. and within twenty four hours, like the goal was to to raise a hundred thousand dollars to actually recoup the costs. So he's put a couple of hundred grand into actually already making the comics, posters, um, all this extra shit that you get. You know, depending on what you pay. Um, it's kind of like Patreon as well. If you pay a certain amount, you right. get more goodies. Yeah. Within twenty four first twenty four hours, I think he was he'd already reached his goal of a hundred thousand. Um, and then later in that day, it had already gotten to like three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, and within two days, he was like at half half a million. I think on the third day, day three, he cracked a million. 
Um, we're currently on day, I want to say five or six. It's still within the first week, and there's still like two more months where the campaign's going to be live. We're in the first week, and he's already at 3,100,000-ish in terms of funding. Um, and it's all because it's it's a it's a story driven character driven old school style comic book um his whole platform is predicated on the fact that um there is no sort of social messaging going on there's nothing um no virtue signaling kind of style wokeness i guess that's the term that they want to use like right. it's non woke it's not anti woke it's non woke and that's kind of the hunger of what people are wanting to get back to, which is why Top Gun Maverick crossed a billion dollars at the, at the theaters because it's just a story. It's telling a story about a character and characters. It's not some larger sort of social messaging happening about the world. It's just tell your story, tell it well, and entertain us, right? It's just pure entertainment. So based on that platform, he was able to generate over $3 million in one week. Um, and I'm looking at that going, dude, my story is all that in a bag of chips. Like, it's just completely character-driven, story-driven narratives. And that's not to say there are no messaging. There's no messaging happening in our favorite stories and shit. There's always some kind of messaging, social, political, moral. But it's not, it's not done in a way to make you feel like you're the villain if you don't adhere to one specific message right. or one specific form of moral, moral compass, sort of. It's more about you want to have competing viewpoints. Put them all in there. Give, give them all a voice and let the viewer or the reader decide. You don't hit them over the head with this shit. You just lay the, lay the foundations, set up the pieces. Um, the, the story will play out as it should. Um, and you're then, if you're a proper storyteller, you're at the mercy of the characters you've created. Let them tell the story to you. And then that's what I did. I wrote this fucking 200 plus page thing and it just poured out of me, dude. Like I didn't have a set plan of what I was going to tell. I started with a character in a place. I already had my Dark Southern universe as a context that really helped. But uh, it was like I was living the story in order to tell the story and I wasn't injecting it with my own personal philosophies. I was drawing from mine and everyone else's that I've ever met or authors that I've read, you know, influenced by. Um, it's meant to really get you get, get to like every corner of every part of every kind of person. So you're not feeling like you're left out or you're being singled out of a story because of the, the author's, political leanings or social ideas you know it's just tell the story and tell it well um so that's what i've done and i'm kind of glad that <laughs> the tide's kind of turning a little bit towards that kind of storytelling because yeah. now i can put this out there get this kind of crowdfunded this exact same way um probably not to the tune of three million dollars in a week <laughs> but enough to like cover some costs and actually get it produced in in a shorter amount of time um, in terms of the storyboarding and the arts me and my mate tom who we are the we're the two that are left in the group we were three i think i mentioned that a while ago um we had three we're down to two um he's really big into ai and he's usually onto the new ai 
technologies that are out there. So he'll usually hit me to something. And in the last couple of weeks, he hit me to this uh, text to um, text to visual AI where you just type in some shit and the AI will try to conjure up an image, like a high quality image. Um, and we've built like a nice little library of um, some storyboarding uh, scenes from the book that are high fucking quality and that just look like they're already ready made and ready to be printed. Where do you get um, access to that? Um, I think he, I got access to, he invited me to a, I think it was on Discord. So there was a channel on Discord that was offering this. Um, for a limited time, you get some free free trials. You mm-hmm. just t- type in some random shit, it'll conjure some images. Um, I think one that I posted, and if you, sh- you saw it on Facebook, it was Carl Jung. Um, slam dunking a basketball oh, in yes. outer space. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes. <laughs> so that was one of those. Um, but you can get very detailed. You can refine it. Um, you can have one image and refine it over a thousand times to get what you're after. Um, so it's a very sort of malleable system where you can come up with a lot of cool shit. So we're, we're kind of pushing forward art-wise uh, through that avenue. So I think it's going to be um, a bit quicker wow. getting it produced. Are you looking to release it yourself as well, or are you going to go to the hunting of a publisher and stuff like no, that? No, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. It's going to be all ours. There's really? no – it was it was always my intention anyway. Like the Dark Southern was always going to be we are at the helm, but no one's ever going to tell us what to do. We're not going to sell any portion of this to anyone to lose control. So I don't want the narrative to spin out of control. So I'm basically the Kang of – our timeline, if that makes sense. Yeah. I am I am the keeper of the sacred timeline. I am the dude who holds the narrative together because it's so large, so expansive, so disparate. I've got archives of shit just to keep my story straight in my head. Um, but it's also deep in my brain too. If you if you ask me any part of the story, I'll tell you in great detail uh, who it is that does what, when, and what are consequences they have. Um you need that in an expansive sort of universal style storytelling like we have or like the MCU. You need that sacred timeline to be kept and adhered to like it was like, like if it was like a religious sect, you know, you need to be very much into it yourself. Um, So yeah, all in-house as much as we can. We just self-produce everything. Um, That way, once we do start to actually sell things, we're actually getting 100% of the profits back as well um so ownership's a big deal for me mm. at the end of the day yeah so yeah hopefully soon i don't know when but we're working towards that uh that'll be pretty epic once it comes out god dude i'm super excited you've always got an incredibly in-depth project and stuff like this to work on it's amazing i really yeah i really look forward to it i think it's going to be the culmination of as you say a lot of things i'm super excited to yeah to, to, to help. Amer- american ninja tell me about your fascination with what's happening there (laughs) what like (laughs) what was so (laughs) because i don't know i actually don't know (laughs) i'm not too sure so yeah like okay well there's an an evening with nuts then so congratulations Mm. uh like it's Mm. a new project it's a new venture so that's really exciting right um yeah uh so episode one was american ninja wasn't it yeah right so you must have thought, oh, this YouTube shit is easy. <laughs> like, 
Like, well, I did not have any expectations, but I mean, I'm not new to it. I'm not new to video editing and all that stuff. So it was, it was going to be fun either way, but I did not expect yeah. that kind of. But this is like your, um, your, your basement uh, post explosion all over again, isn't it? Like, kind of. It's, it's odd though, because it's, there's not much engagement in the comments section. Right. It's, Mostly just, I think it's from overseas audiences, mostly in Indonesia for some reason, who actually, <laughs> who I'm getting all the hits from. I think the movie was still very popular in certain sections of the world. Wow, okay. And I, I have this feeling that they were trying to watch that clip because they think the full movie <laughs> is being broadcast, <laughs> which it kind of is, but it's not. Right. I mean, well, it's like almost set is. this up a little bit. I'm sorry, I was like, sort of dive mm. in. But anyone that's unfamiliar, the, you know, you have this project with two uh, two buds, where you, I mean, does this kind of YouTube thing like um, it's not obviously it's not a podcast. It's is is it like a? It's not a reaction video, is it or is it? Not technically. Uh, I guess it could be counted yeah, I'm not as sure. a reaction. Is there a name but for this kind of thing? It's um, there is. I I don't know. It might be. It's not even a vlog. It's not video blogging. No. It's, um, it's like a watch party, I guess. Yeah. We're just watching a film. and It's it's a review, really, because we're watching it, yeah. reacting, and then it's a review at the end, too. So it's reaction and review. Yeah, it's like that. It's like the DVD DVD commentary in a, in a, in a way. As you as you say, as you watch it, yeah. uh, we watch it with you, and we obviously, you know, uh, our viewers will see your kind of responses, and, you know, and you've picked... It's 80s action kind of movies or 80s kind of obscure niche initially of, yeah yeah we're going for 80s and it's the usually one of us speaking it who's seen it and the other two who haven't so usually right. you're you're getting the fresh reactions from at least two of us right and it's yeah and it's you kind of digesting this and um <laughs> kind of highlighting that some of the crazy things that some that period of of movie has kind of unleashed onto the world <laughs> samurai cops another one that you've done which is yeah one of the most batshit crazy <laughs> movies ever <laughs> Some of those scenes, honestly, whenever I think of Samurai Cop, which is often, I go always yeah. straight back to that scene where he meets the doctor in the yeah. hospital. Like, what a, who wrote that? Like, that's just insane. But anyway, it's. Uh, but... That's what triggered it, I think. That's what, that's the initial <laughs> scene that leaked and got out before the entire film was actually put out there. So, yeah, yeah it's... definitely. So one it, of my favorite to edit as well. I yeah, like I can the editing I did on that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, like the wig shots as well, where he's clear, he's cut his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's genius! It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so this is yeah, it's, it's you guys kind of um, you know watching these movies and so episode one, American Ninja. You're currently uh, last time I checked was fifty eight thousand. You've now clocked fifty nine thousand in eight months. Um, yeah, which is <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So yeah, you were saying sorry. So it's it's become a big hit overseas, and uh, and, and people think it's it may be. I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a it's a great it's a great watch, and people are sharing it with their like minded friends. That's what I think is going on. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. I don't think there's been engagement with what we've done in that video as the reviewers, right? I think it's there's more traffic being driven because it's the American Ninja, and I don't know what they're expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I'm I'm a bit puzzled um, because the the engagement's not there yet. But fuck me, like it's almost 60k views, like yeah. it's not nothing. And then we did number two, we did American Ninja two the same night, yeah. and then I released that as episode one part two. But then majority of it got blocked worldwide because of um, copyright. Oh, did it? Then, okay. But uh, so it got reduced from like an hour and a half to a ten minute video. But that's still that's got 12, like twelve thousand. Yeah. 
that's still getting some traction. So, um, yeah, I think it's just the legacy of those films. Uh, and I chose those two because I love, I love those two. Uh, number two in particular, I'm a big, big fan of. Um, so there must still be a huge market for it, you know. Amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, quite clear. I don't, for some reason, American, was it American Ninja 4, which had Dudikoff and uh, David Bradley? Um, that, no, which for, I've never seen. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, for some reason, that one is the one that rings true in my head. And I was always a Dudikoff fan, but he, I think he's got more mm. of a backseat role in that one. Um, but there are some great moments in it. So I don't know why that, that's the one that always sticks out in my mind the most for some reason. So I was a huge fan of his partner, um, Jackson. Right. Um, which is, uh, God, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Steve James. Right. Played by Steve James, who passed away in like the mid-90s from like cancer or something. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Oh. Um, so he was in one and two, and then he he was in American Ninja 3, but Dudikoff was not. I think that's where David Bradley showed up right. uh, to take over. And then... Uh, Steve James died. He couldn't make it to number four, but then they got Dudikoff back. Dudikoff only accepted the role uh, only if he could be portrayed as the stronger out of the two. Really? <laughs> yeah. Not that he's vain or anything. I think he just, he was kind of weary about stepping back into the role for various reasons, but I think he just didn't want to be portrayed as weak or being wow. replaced. Um, or they had to at least be equals or him be slightly stronger for him to come back and share the role. Oh, amazing. Number four, wow, but okay. I have not, not seen number three or four. That was also sort of on the list for us to do mm. um, at some point. So we, we might still get to it. What else is on the list out of interest? Well, we've recorded like, uh, I want to say like almost 20 eps. I've You're only joking, out like, really? Yeah. Everything just kind of grinded to a halt because um, like... I don't know. We just uh, had a lot of things going on. So I've got a whole backlog of apps that I still need to get to. Wow. And it's just the editing is really intense. That I, The editing that I'm trying to achieve is very meme-ish as well. So right. there's a lot, a lot of, of like quick, stuff, yeah. a lot, lot of quick little things, a lot of overlays of videos happening to explain what we're talking about, jokes. Um, and if you get to episode two, which is Jim Carter, the film Jim Carter. Have you ever heard of that film? No, I, I saw it on the list. I've I never even heard of it. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I, your 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 version, but you know. I, so what? Yeah. Like yeah. What's what is? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of guessing what it is, but yeah. So I hadn't seen it, but my mate Al, that was his choice. He's like, yeah, you got to see this. Vita's is up your alley because it's weird and it's eighties and it's hilarious. I'm like, well, those three things fit me perfectly, description wise. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, that film is mind-bogglingly entertaining. Uh, <laughs> can't even really describe it. Yeah, if you look up Jim Carter, that's... Um, gee, what was my point for bringing that up? I forget. Just watch the movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Samurai Cop was the only other one that I got to. But the editing is like... I have to like pause every 10 to 15 seconds um, to insert something, basically, or to et- chop something out. And it takes a while. Yeah. So I just like couldn't get around to doing them all in time. Um, but yeah, got heaps more. We did a whole bunch earlier in the year where we did a whole um, marathon of Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill films. Have you heard of those no, two? Those are they? Wow. Well, there you go. Oh, I'll leave well, you to Google wait, Google yeah. those <laughs> names. Yeah. Um, they're legends, uh, film legends from my childhood. And 
they made a whole bunch of films. Uh, spaghetti Westerns, mainly in the beginning. I don't okay. know if you heard of the films, uh, They Call Me Trinity, or um, Trinity Is Still My Name. Have you heard of those from the I've, 70s? I've not, no. Okay, so they kind of started from there. Okay. And then they kind of morphed into these 80s buddy action films, comedy films um, that are very, very legendary. So, yeah, lots lots done sitting in the archives. Um, speaking of, I've, I'm just starting to go back to my Turtles review that I started like two, three years oh ago. Gosh, Remember really? that one? Yeah, so that's coming back and I've got your video clip still oh, gosh, sitting in the yeah. folder there. I wanted to come back to that because to bring it full circle, um, Loganing things I think is a good idea. You're about to mention right? The Last Ronin. Yes, <laughs> I've just started reading it. I've I'm just about midway. I'm about midway through. I had to buy it. I, I first comic I know. book I bought in years, but it was such a genius <laughs> idea. It's brilliant, and it's got the like Eastman and Laird involved, so it's perfect yes. because it's full circle for them. It's very much in the vein of their original comics. Yeah, it's raw and it's violent. Yes. It's fucking just heartbreaking. Um, so I'm half halfway through issue two. I'm reading it online because I'm broke. I can't fucking buy a comic. So I'm like, damn it, I'll wait. <laughs> I, yeah, I just I had to. Yeah, I I, I again, it's the first comic book I bought in. I don't even know graphic novel etc. I bought in years, and I just just the idea of it was genius. So I had to yeah had to shell out for it. I had to shell out for it. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> Shellhead. It was almost like I had written that down in advance, but no, I hadn't. Um, but it's it's God, it's captivating, isn't it? Like it's grim, and it's I kind of I really I'm at a creative point where you you know to see the same thing, the same stories told. It's like we just what's the most drastic thing we can do, you know? Um, mm. And it's God, it's it's. It's really shocking at times, really heartbreaking as they kind of, oh, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. I might be, I think I'm a bit ahead of you. Actually, I'm on the, I'm on the third issue. I'm on the third um, part. So I won't say yeah. anything else, but. Um, I mean, I think I'm kind of vaguely aware of most of what happens, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of just taking it page by page as well. It's, it's, you know why it works because it's, you're getting an established set of characters or character and you're playing out the end of life part of yeah. their journey. And yes. you don't get to see that a lot. And you, you definitely know where it's heading because it's yeah. it's just going. It has it's where to go we all head, way, doesn't it? <laughs> it's where we all go at the end of the day. Yeah. Where, where will these characters eventually go? They're going to die in mm. some fashion. Um, so when you tell that story, it's uh, it's always compelling. So my story is kind of Ronan-ish, like Dark Southern is kind of Ronan-ish, but mm, I guess my main character he he's kind of already dead. Um, so his name's Old Jack. And he's kind of a Grim Reaper type character, but he's got a history that kind of starts to unravel as the story progresses. Um, and then he has his own anti-hero's journey. Um, and it's grim, dark. It's kind of the same sort of aesthetics as The Last Ronin. Um, it's just, it's always going to have some mad appeal mm. telling that kind of story, you know. So tell, give me one for Thor. Just for fuck's sake, just give me one of four, <laughs> just massively overpowered and just way in the future, all his friends are dead because he can live for thousands and thousands. Yeah. He can live for like five or 6,000 years, I think, as Guardians, wow. live for about that long. Okay. Um, it'll work. It, it, it'll yeah, work. it will. And it, it looks like there's, I mean, if the Hercules is a post credit scene, so there's obviously <laughs> going to be yeah. a, uh, a a Thor five, right? So you never know. I, I think it might be time to. I think we need to jettison Taika 
and that's a massively unpopular thing to say, I think, but no, I think it's time for him to go, man. The tide's shifting against him. You you just look online. No, No one's really digging what love and thunder has been doing really maybe I, I, like i, I said I, well, two buddies of mine saw it and they seem to quite enjoy it but uh i I'm, i hadn't heard of it going that way so dude he takes stormbreaker and he rides it like a broomstick like a witch oh, jesus okay he turns around he's with the guardians he turns around he's like flicks his hair mounts stormbreaker and then he flies off like a fucking like a fucking bewitched like oh, he just flies God. off and i'm like it's funny but yeah. you're not taking anything with this guy seriously anymore. Right. So why should we? we? We don't have anything to invest in. It's just comedy bits. It's scenes slapped together. And apparently there's a four-hour cut What's of this up? film, which makes sense because so much was it felt like it was chopped out. It's less than two hours, the whole film. It's actually less than two hours altogether they, with they, the post-credits scenes. They don't tend to release extended versions, do they? So is there not good? That probably won't see the light of day. Well, Taika's very adamant. He's like, no, no one's ever going to see any of the chopped material, not oh, even wow. bonus material. Like, geez, was it really that bad? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, what the hell? There's probably no laughs in it. Anybody, who's going to want to see it? Yeah, that's right. Well, it's not a laugh a fucking minute. Hey, cancer. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. That one seems a bit tasteless as well. Jeez. Um, yeah, it's funny with Hemsworth because... I, in a way, I'm not surprised it'd be a fifth film because he's, he's as as massive a name as he is. He hasn't actually got a huge like hit record of no. of, of of outside of MCU projects. I mean, vast majority. I mean, what's Extraction? I think was the biggest thing that he mm, had done. Um, making a sequel for it, I think. I'm sorry. I think they're making a sequel for that one, right? Yes, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are because obviously, it, well, it's, it seems to be the only thing that he's done that's been a huge hit. Everything else is, you know, you know, the Men in Black reboot didn't go anywhere. The um, Ghostbusters it was a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, also a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, it's kind of funny. So it's no uh, matter how much he might want to sort of say, "Well, I'm done with this." It's like I don't think he there's. You know he's going to have to be a bit more discerning, probably with his his picks, because it's he's not nailing it outside of of that. He franchise. did. Um, so there's one I want to watch. He did a film on Netflix called Spiderhead. Yeah, right. The new one. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Right. So that seems like a bit of a psychological, yeah, kind of thing where he he plays an evil scientist. So mm. that one I wouldn't mind seeing just to see him do something different. Sure. But I think he's he's got it in him. I'm I'm a big I like him a lot I think he's great it's just I I think when you're that big it just comes down to your choices doesn't it and um Mm. some of them may have been great choices it just didn't sort of work and I think some of his early films you know were probably bad choices um but yeah speak speaking of his portrayal as Thor though like we we're talking about his solo films but he was portrayed in like multiple Avengers films too so would you take his portrayal in, in Infinity War uh, as one of his best? Like uh, in terms of that was proper hero's journey shit that he went through in that yeah. one. And he was very much feeling the weight of all the loss yes. he'd experienced up to that point. They were really, really letting him feel that shit. Yeah. And then pretty much dying and then coming back with Stormbreaker. Yes. To, to, that, I mean, that moment of him talking you know, to Rocket when they're on the ship headed over to to kind of have the axe made i mean that gave all the emotional weight to ragnarok that it it missed in one scene 
you know, mm. where he talks about, I've got nothing else. I've got nothing left. You know, I mean, that gave justification to everything in Ragnarok that was just glossed over. And mm. I thought, I actually thought he, he was great in Endgame um, because mm. he's kind of, he plays it, it, I think, really well. But it's for some reason, everyone around him isn't acknowledging like the trauma. <laughs> it's, well, it, it's it's really that thought fascinates me because we he's like the only character apart from Wanda, but he's like the only character that we meet in MCU who it by in the first film is at his peak, his happiest. Mm. Right? He is he's the crown prince of Asgard. He's got his friends, he's got his brother that he loves, he's got his parents. Life is mm. brilliant. But then through every film he loses, he loses his brother, then he loses his mum, then he um mm. you know Ragnarok comes, he loses everything else. You know, he loses Jane, he loses everything. And then it comes to mm. this point where he literally is he has nothing else by the end of Ed Endgame, right? And it's quite yeah. it's, it, it's quite a tragedy when you kind of look at this kind of this this path, this journey for him and where it kind of goes. But I don't know. Um it's it's yeah, he, he was he treated like great. he was Yeah. He, he was treated like he was pathetic instead of yes. someone reaching out to him and actually it, trying to talk to him at exactly. least. Exactly. How you know, could like, they not like the end game thing when you see him he's put the weight on, like it was a great laugh in the cinema, but in a way yeah. it was brilliant because it showed he didn't care about mm. anything. And it was it was you know, physically it it kind of made sense for that to happen. But you have these moments where um, yeah, I think the distinction is how he acts and how people act around him. Because when Hulk mentions Thanos for the first time and he clenches up, and he's like, okay, just, you know, take your hand off me. And he goes, we mm. don't mention that name here. And, you know, when he's kind of drinking a lot and he kind of has these moments of almost breaking down, but they're all like, okay, cuckoo, you're sure? Okay, buddy. Yeah, take a seat, take a seat. And it's like, well, <laughs> can't yeah. you see? He is in genuine distress and he's this is as bad fame as it gets and no, no one's reaching out, but I guess they wanted that scene with his mom, didn't they? Um, who was the person who corrects him? Yeah. Yeah. But then she ends it with eat a salad <laughs> and, and please eat a salad, <laughs> which was cute and funny as well. But like they undercut yeah. that, that particular moment. And yeah. you're right. Actually. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely right. Endgame though, overall was the, the beginning of the decline of, of him being treated that way. Yeah of not being taken seriously of like he's lost way more than anyone else in the entire MCU. Yeah. Like y'all need to be there and support him. He's your bud. He's, he's a compadre. He's an Avenger. Um, but they turned him into the big Lebowski, which you're right. I, I chuckled as well in the theater. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was funny. It was unexpected. It was different. And it, you could still tell it was a result of his trauma that he was now sure. letting himself go and being this way, but they stretched it all the way out. Even in the final battle, he didn't really get any licks in, man. He got completely owned uh, well, if, in the, I mean, that final battle. Yeah, but he's had five years of... He hasn't had a fight, say, in five years. He's sat down playing games, eating, drinking. You know, he's a drunk. He's not that warrior anymore. And yeah, you're going up against he's... Thanos. Like, I mean, it's who's peak Thanos? He's at the height of his his strength he's in his prime and you know he couldn't beat him in um, the beginning of infinity war we don't see their fight but mm. he obviously got his ass handed to him then he was never going to stand I mean, like, against him at that we point. don't get to see we don't get to see like an all out like the closest we got to all out op 
4 was fucking the, okay the arrival in wakanda brilliant um, moment. with brilliant. stormbreaker yeah classic legendary moment you can't Fantastic. top that Best moment of the movie yeah absolutely um just just took the movie uh, at that point um and the other one was the fight scene where he summons his power in ragnarok yeah. and he's fighting nice. on the um on the bifrost in sure. slow mo with the lightning and the fucking uh, immigrant song playing yeah. i thought that was just visually aesthetically just bad ass as yeah. fuck like that was what we needed to see more of um he's reached that peak but they didn't let him linger at the peak too long they just brought him crashing back down too quickly yeah and the build back up into love and thunder is just it's actually pathetic what they've done to him um so yeah. poor Hemi, like he's he's ready and willing. He's in the best shape of his life. Like he looks brilliant. Like he's perfectly sculpted uh, in Love and Thunder. And it's not even like the problem is with Jane Foster. Like Natalie Portman plays it really well. Like she's she's plays her role well, and they get along. There's chemistry there. It's just Taika not taking any of this shit seriously at the end of the day, mm. treating it like a one big joke. Yeah, but, um, I, I but I think he deserves on board yeah. a bit with with it from what I've seen. I, I mean, there, there'll probably be a rethink afterwards. But I think he, I think he felt the character needed that kind of reboot, and I kind of think he he. Well, I imagine I don't know how he feels about maybe the reception to Love and Thunder, but I think he's been on board with it as a comedy character at this point. But you're right. I mean, there's probably going to be a point where he says, "Wait a minute, we've. I think we need to reassess who Thor is because." this isn't yeah just imagine love and thunder is the final time he played the character mm. you would not want to go out the way he would he would go out with this film yeah. you'd want a logan to wrap up yeah. his story like you want him to have a like nice heroic ending and actually die saving the universe or people um give him a story worthy of his stature as the character mm. um that's what we really need to see more of but yeah it's damn man there. Um, trying to think what else about Love and Thunder. Okay, so Zeus <laughs> again. Zeus, uh, Russell Crowe, yeah, uh, plays the character, and so because he's part of the Greek pantheon, um, they made this decision where uh, Zeus, when he talks, he sounds exactly like um, a Greek immigrant would in Australia, oh, you're like joking. running, a, fr- running oh. a fruit market. You know, like, like come to me, yeah, and come to me. You've come to, you've you're now talking to Zeus. You know, like it's very, it's very like, very much like a stereotypical kind of like, um, it's what we grew up with. What we call a wog, West. I don't know what that stands for anymore, but a wog in Australian parlance is anyone who's like European, um, a European origin. Right. Uh, so it's very much like a stereotypical wog. It, it came across like all these Greek fruiterers that I knew growing up in when we used to go to fruit markets. Um, it was an interesting choice. Right. Um, oh, what I was going to say, when you're talking about Hemi being on board with the silliness of Taika, mm. the more interviews I watched for this particular film, oh. I know he was excited about Ragnarok, but the more I watched the, the interviews for this film, it's almost like he can see it in his eyes that he's not really convinced that what they did with this film is, is actually good. Oh, right. I think he's just, he's just on the campaign trail. He's trying to convince the rest of us. Like it's, it's, it's watchable, but he's been very open about the fact that it's for seven year olds. It's been made by a seven year old with a $250 million budget. 
um, and he's he's laughing it up, and so are the rest of the cast. But I think you can see in their body language that they're not really convinced um, oh. with the end product. Uh, so maybe a change would be good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, <laughs> if he sticks around. I guess for or five which is um, amazing that one of these things are going to go that long incredible but um, yeah yeah I mean, i'd probably... still say it did you get around to seeing eternals i never actually saw that one uh, you know that i did see eternals i did not enjoy Thoughts? eternals huh. um, not a lot of people seem to have I, I gotta say though i mean visually it's it's fantastic the action sequences Mm. are genuinely incredible it, it just seems like the sort of the best i've seen like just you know from you know, the, yeah the action the all-out action is is genuinely brilliant but it's and i uh, do you know i don't sometimes don't really know what i didn't like i've seen it twice and twice yeah watched it me and my wife watched it the first time uh, and then we watched it with my daughter and she watched it and she initially went, oh, that was great. And it was sort of like, no, you didn't like it. And then you kind of realize <laughs> where she tried to watch it again. And she went, no, I don't like it. But um, <laughs> she, I don't know. There was just, it was a good cast. It was a decent story. But I just got nothing out of it. I just got nothing. The, 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 there's no chemistry between them. There's, it's just, you know, when you watch a film where you just say, I just don't care about any character. Like, there's mm. no one I'm rooting for. You know, I want this person to be the hero. Or I hope everything works out fine. You know, it's all going to work out fine. But there's mm. just no, I wasn't rooting for anyone. There was no character that I honestly thought, yeah, that that one's my favorite. I like it. I like so-and-so. But no, visually, it's great. But I, I just got nothing out of it. I didn't really enjoy it at all. Um, um, I didn't see Shang-Chi, though. You've seen it? I, really that's... enjoyed it. Right. Really good. Yeah, that's a massively popular one here. We've watched it loads. <laughs> yeah, right. both the kids love that. It's lots of great action, cool story, really fun. Yeah. Okay. I've I think you'd like get that around one. to that one. I hope you would anyway. Okay, it's yeah. really good. Outside of that, like the best superhero things I've been watching um, would be The Boys. Like I just got done with season three right. of The Boys. You no, got I've never that seen any of it. No, I, it's, uh, please do. I'm the only one that hasn't watched it. Yeah, I'd like to. <laughs> Oh, it's popular as now. I think it's really just exploded uh, yeah. this particular season, but it's probably just the best superhero fix you can get these days. Right. Is pure, unadulterated, unfiltered, unrated. It's uh, it's insane. It's an insane TV show. Amazing. Yeah. No, I don't doubt it. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and get access to it. Yeah. Um, it looks awesome. Fuck, I'm trying to think. Uh. I'm trying to get into like some of these streaming shows. I've started watching a show called The Old Man with Jeff Jeff Bridges. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. That looks really good. Fucking amazing so far. Oh, I'm only wow. it's only seven eps, but I'm about halfway through it. It's like pretty fucking amazing. Wow. Um The Expanse. Did you ever watch that? No, another one that I, I think I probably watched the first episode when it was on Netflix and it's not on mm. Netflix anymore. Um, but Good. another one that's everyone, again, I'm the only one not watching that one as well. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty, at that finish that wrapped up like I think earlier this year, final six this season. And I'm going to get started on the terminal list. That's a new one as well. I think with, uh, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that an Amazon prime show? I think. Is it? Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's getting some rave reviews. Uh, I, I, used to, I used to laugh at that term. It's like, <laughs> critics are raving. I'm like, are they raving? <laughs> Although I was just imagine all these critics just fucking glow, glow sticks in hand. <laughs> critics are raving. And then they're at the fucking <laughs> rave. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are they raving? Just they're raving. Some they hate critics. the movie, but they've got raving instead. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, wait, you love the movie? Nah, nah, bro. I'm just fucking, I just want to dance. That movie sucked. Here, <laughs> yeah, you want to pop this pill? <laughs> uh, Tokyo Vice. That's another one I've got on the list of um, that I'm going to watch. Is that uh, a riff on Miami? It's just the title, but yeah, it's, uh, it's like a... Um, it's, it's set in Japan and it's supposed to be like an underground sort of neo-noir tale about crime and, yeah. and the cops and how it all works in Japan. Nice. Uh, okay. There's some interesting shit out there. Like there's still some good quality stuff yeah. being made hither and thither. Oh, this might be a contentious question, but did you see Obi-Wan? <laughs> Oh, no, <laughs> I did. I um, so I checked out of the Star Wars D plus shows after season two of Mando. I started watching Boba Fett, right? And I just couldn't take it, so I just gave up on Boba Fett. And I've not watched Obi Wan, but I I have watched the reimagined versions of these of Obi Wan oh. and of Star Wars in general. Um, you should look up this YouTube channel called Oral Knots. They do voiceovers and dubs. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so they've they've made probably one of the best redubs of Star Wars ever, where they <laughs> where they turn the story of Star Wars into like um, Darth Vader is like the regional manager of the of the uh, the Death Star. Um, Jedi's are really like drug addicted and um, not to be trusted. Um, midichlorians are treated as the drug. So that's kind of in place of heroin, you have midichlorians. Um, anytime there's a laser battle with, 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 uh, with the lightsabers, it's actually a dance fight. So the, <laughs> these guys, they recut, redub it, and then they make their own original music and their music is unreal. Like it's just, the whole package is unreal. And just recently they've, and because of they've, they've been doing these Star Wars dubs for like the last 10 years, once Obi-Wan started, they've made their own version of Obi-Wan and it's called Larry. <laughs> it's just named Larry <laughs> because in the course of them doing their dubs, they made their own narrative. They rejigged the entire story. And so Obi-Wan has gone by multiple different names throughout their story. He was Obi-Wan. He was uh ben and then at some point he was also no- known as larry so the <laughs> the the dubs they're doing of just his solo show is just called larry brilliant. and it's just it's just brilliant man like so again i'm not checking out the original content anymore of these things because right. i think a lot of these things are just dumpster fires and i don't have the time <laughs> to dedicate i'm just i don't but i have heaps of time just to sit, <laughs> sit up at night and piss myself laughing at what people are doing <laughs> with the material and they're taking it to all these different places. 
uh, but just, you've seen it i'm guessing i've just looked i i i, I did i say contentious because some people loved it some people hated it i quite liked it mm. i really liked it mm. um but i've i've just looked up all noughts on my phone and, and they've already sold me because one of the first videos that showed up is bane outtakes so oh I'm, yeah yeah I'm, that's a classic it's, i can't I, I can't imagine it isn't so um yeah so i'll be uh i'll be giving that uh, a, 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 the, a the voices later. are spot on the, the Transformers ones they do are great. Uh, or anything Star Wars from them is just... But do it from the beginning. Watch it like you're watching the film. Okay. They've got Ep, Ep 1. They've done Ep 1 to Ep 7 of the main saga. So wow. try to go through those and then get to Larry, which is just... They've just released episode 2 of Larry. Okay. <laughs> Every time I see a Larry, <laughs> just look for Larry. Look for the thumbnail. If you want, look up on their page and you see the most recent videos or the trailer for Larry... It's Obi Wan with like cool sunnies on. He looks like he looks like the big Lebowski, pretty much. All <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, right, I've got it here. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll you're right though. Contentious. It's definitely was contentious. Like mm. you didn't. I guess you overall enjoyed it. I did. I really oh. did. Um, I I feel like I'm somewhat. Sometimes I think I'm a more recent Star Wars fan. I have really fond memories mm. as a kid of watching A New Hope over and over and over. But mm. I, I, it was never. I'm gonna get mauled for this, but I, I don't think Star Wars was really ever anything that was. When I look back at the things I enjoyed as a as a kid, like you know Bruce Lee movies, Ninja Turtles, and stuff like that, uh, superheroes, mm. Batman, Star Wars really was never one of the first things that springs yeah. to mind. And I've I've kind of enjoyed with Disney Plus kind of reconnecting with it, and uh, you know, so I watched them. Um, uh the the trilogies again so i've watched one two and three uh mm. which is the, the hayden christensen and he he's not great bless him he he isn't great but actually revenge of the sith i don't think is really that bad i think mm. it's pretty good i quite enjoyed revenge of the sith um uh, you know not probably on levels of four five six original trilogy level obviously but you know i thought mm. I, I i'm kind of enthralled with kind of the, the backstory and I just thought it was cool. And have you ever seen Clone Wars? I know, no, I didn't get to the um, extended universe stuff. So, yeah. but I've heard, I've heard good, really good things about that show. Clone, Clone Wars, Wars is amazing. Like, it's the most. It's it's so much though. It's like oh, I don't even know. It's seven or nine seasons, and mm. they're like twenty odd episodes per season. It's so much, but it's it's so unbelievably good like it's it's really mm. really good really grown-up stuff um and i yeah wholeheartedly recommend clone wars as a really great kind of in-depth look at that time again but um prequel stuff <laughs> yeah you, you, funny you said you're gonna get mauled you're gonna get darth oh, God. <laughs> for saying that very sh- shelled and mauled um <laughs> but you, you know it's funny you say that because one of the conversations we had with evening of nuts was exactly this same conversation because i think we're all of the same similar age where we weren't old enough to really absorb that initial star wars experience Mm. you really had to be there you had to be at the cinema um to really experience this new thing that was being made it was it was mind-blowing at the time but when we go back to it like i was not a star wars fanatic i never was Mm. i'm still not it's not something that i put up there like turtles or like um even buffy and angel you know like shit that i stand for yeah, yeah. um star wars was never that but it was so 
ingrained in the pop culture spectrum like you could not ignore it you had yeah. to know something about it or at least know have seen the original trilogy um and i'd seen enough to know what i liked and what i didn't like and i've said this to, to my mates and uh, i wasn't i was kind of surprised they both agreed i can't really sit through too much of a new hope like a new hope to me when i watch it now is it's almost really not not cringy i don't want to say it's cringe but it's like it's just just something really like i don't know like it's it's almost like i'm missing something uh as to why it's so beloved mm. and it's just like i think it's just being out of the time or when it was released yeah. but when i can go to it and watch something like empire um it's very clearly just a well-made good-looking film yeah like on its own uh, but I never really went apeshit over the, the OT. Definitely didn't really think, think too much of the sequel trilogies that came out. I think they progressively got worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's such a such a brand. It and is now such a brand. Been but it's like driven into the ground. Yeah, but it's interesting because it is a beloved brand. But really, bar a couple of glimmering lights in it, it's really down to four five and six yeah when really. you think you've got nine sort of linear line movies with nine movies within that linear storytelling you've got two mm. mando series you've got rogue one you've got um um blah 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 um oh god uh, oh han solo's han solo yeah and a lot i i think the, the the majority of all of that has really been rooted in failure yeah it has <laughs> yeah it has i mean seven eight nine was is deemed a disaster to the, i think disney have said they were going to disregard those films within our storytelling which i i don't think really they officially said I that really? I, I haven't heard that a buddy of mine told me that and i thought i don't think you can do that that doesn't make any sense you'd have to remove the content everyone's seen it it doesn't exist but anyway but apparently they're, they're <laughs> acknowledging it as that didn't work and so you've got three movies of the nine disaster one two and three are not looked at in in, in fond light at all so let's <laughs> remove those six movies now from from the nine han solo came out i think the timing of it was bad because people were pissed off with seven eight uh how i can't remember what it came out yeah seven and eight had come out and mm. they had been deemed not good and then han solo came out and then nobody wanted it and it's mm. yeah it's sort of rooted in in sort of nostalgia and sort of again another pun hope that it, you know they can kind of cling to this mm. you know this brand and it's going to carry them through but I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird brand in a way because it just sort of cleans the success of three movies, what, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, and they don't do anything new. No. So you've got to realize that. There's there's no original storytelling happening because they're just retreading the original trilogy Yeah, over and over. I know that's what the sequel trilogy was, Yeah, uh, six, seven, or seven, eight, nine. It was just the original trilogy told over again, but with Ray. Yeah. Like down to down to her being on a sandy planet and wearing sandy planet yes. clothes. I mean, <laughs> it was such a recreation of a new home. It was such a bizarre it was like Blatant. let's not take any risks and let's just do this and everyone kinda of went, Yeah, okay, you did it. Yeah. Like what a lovely homage to a new hope and then they followed it up and then the world turned on them. But with an homage to Empire. Yeah. With an homage to yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. but then, like George, George kind of set the standard when he made the prequel trilogy because mm. he just told like a similar story, 
Like he just made Anakin Luke. Basically, he was like yeah. the proto Luke. But at least that had some other shit happening. Like yeah. you can go back to the prequels and be like, it's at least distinguishable. It's just shit because majority of it is just people walking and talking or sitting <laughs> and talking on couches. It's very like just lifeless in terms of the direction. Right. You know, it's all green and blue screen. There's no yes. real environments. It's yeah. just everything against, was against that film because that was that was on George. He just and he it, didn't and, know how to act like a human. And really. it, <laughs> <laughs> or direct like also, a human being. Who else couldn't act like a human? Bless him. I hate, you know, ragging on him. But Hayden, he just... It was the mm. role of a lifetime, and unfortunately, he was, you know, grossly miscast. He just couldn't I carry it. He could have done a better job if he was directed better. Like, if you see any of the behind-the-scenes stuff mm. of George trying to direct Hayden, it's just so bad. Like, right. George is not a actor's director, you know? He right. he kind of sits in his chair, has his coffee, and watches the monitors, and directs from there. Right. <laughs> and it's just like it was you can't it's not giving anything to the actor in terms of well in this moment you're feeling this this is the this is the reason you're doing this um like even ewan mcgregor to me didn't really come across as right. like a yeah a good performance in those films like obi-wan came across like a dick really and mm. um there was no like establishment of him and anakin's actual friendship being a friendship mm. it was just adversarial and um from the get-go so it's yeah. like what the fuck like yeah he's great so in that he's <laughs> he is man seriously and in, in like <laughs> there's one scene there's one scene where they take um it's uh, it's it's part of the prequels so it's like ep one or it's ep two that they do in oral notes i don't know which scene they've taken it from but like obi-wan kind of like uh he's been like knocked out and he's kind of standing up and he's like all groggy and he's like and then he kind of sniffs his, and he kind of wipes his nose with his finger. Right. That scene, they played that scene as him like sniffing midichlorians. <laughs> and he gets up, he's like, whoa, like that. And then Anakin comes out and he's like, what were you doing? It's like, nothing. Mind your business. And it's like, oh, you, were, you were nose blasting, weren't you? He's like, nose blasting? You're crazy. Like, the voices are so good. Please, please watch that. I today, will. Yeah, I, I absolutely will. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> I will, fucking Larry. Um, yeah, so that's that's the state of things for me. Is for me, and I'm I'm only I'm only saying this because I'm a super super fucking nerd. I've been nerding on this level since the mid nineties, um, and to me, it's like the the actual content is now product, and. 10 million times worse if it's in the hands of Disney. Like Disney just pump out product. Mm. They're, they're not really focusing on storytelling or continuity or what fans even want. When they give it to them though, like say with Obi-Wan, you got an awesome show with Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader, you know, that's epic. Mm. Um, but there's just a lot that they're not, they're not really satisfying a lot of, things even with giving that show to, to the fans there's just something missing or it breaks canon you know like uh he left the planet i think he wasn't supposed to have left tatooine you know oh, he was supposed yes, to look he, after yes, luke right, right? Yeah. luke yeah. was the whole reason he was there to <laughs> in in oral nods he actually sells him like he's luke is actually his son and he actually <laughs> he sells he him sells for cash him. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's great. The Jedi are like the biggest dicks in the in that continuity, and the the Empire are actually just really like regular dudes. All right. Um, Anakin's just like a really like stand up guy. Uh, even the, even the Emperor, he's like the general manager of the company, and you know they uh, they just completely twist the narrative, and you're like, oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, well. dude, I've taken up so much of your time. Eh? It's a good place to. Uh, yeah, yeah. For that. But uh, such a cool time to chat with you, man. I really enjoyed it. It's been so long. I really hope we'll get to kind of chat again. Uh, well, super soon. Um, yeah, yeah. I had a I had a song selected as well. I don't know if you still. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's going. Um, what have you got? So, from my enjoyment of Morbius, um, one of the scenes that has been memed was a scene with. Um, so Matt Matt Smith is in that film, like yes. one of the previous doctors from Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Uh, <laughs> he kills it. He's technically like the bad guy, but he's kind of the Loki of the movie. Okay. Uh, he has one scene where he's he's become super powered, like Morbius, and he has just like a he's just kind of dancing. It's one of those scenes where right. there's music playing and they're kind of just dancing and it yeah. becomes iconic. Uh, this is the song that's played in that scene. When I was watching it, I'm like, what is this fucking tune? It's fucking banging. Um, so yeah, the, the song is called Exe by a group called Off The Meds. Okay. I think they're South African or African. Um, so yeah, I'll shoot you the link for that. Brilliant. It's a great fucking song. Okay. I think I've seen him dancing on, yeah, like, a I don't know, like a, a, a meme or a gif or something like that, but. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the biggest meme, the yeah. biggest meme is the the fact that um, people started pretending that uh, Morbius says the line "It's Morbin time." Right. <laughs> so that's been the big thing. It's I saw it happen, and it just kind of blew up where people are like, just push this meme out into the world. It's Morbin time. Right. So some people had, were convinced that that actually gets said in the film, like it's Morphin time, like <laughs> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So he, he doesn't say it. Absolutely not. But they've <laughs> they've made like not. stills from they made stills from the film and made it like it was a subtitled Brilliant. thing that he's saying, but he never says it. Um, what happened was it became the the meme the meme power of this film became so popular um, that the <laughs> that Sony re released the films into theaters. I don't know if you read about this. No. So the film te- technically it flopped when it came out, right? And then the meme power took over. And then they saw the popularity of what they thought was popularity of film. <laughs> they re-released it into theaters and it bombed again because <laughs> no one went to fucking see it. <laughs> so they got completely like memed. They got owned by like the meme. They got convinced that they were going to ride the wave of the memes as financial success, but it didn't happen. Um, so yeah, it's Morbin time. Is I like, love the, the, can you imagine the pitch? Like we have to re-release it. Why? What's going on? Like there's a meme. Look, look um, online. They're loving it. <laughs> Dude, even Jared Leto, he had like a uh, short Instagram video where he was he's sitting on his couch, he's going through this script, and then the, the camera like pans over his shoulder to the front title of the script, and it says uh, Morbius Two. It's Morbin time. <laughs> so he like even he's getting. Like involved in the meme, That's fuck crazy. man, it's, it's been one of the most amazing things to see. I'm, but I am legitimately, unironically, dig the film. Like I right. like that, even though it's silly as fuck. It's just, it's still like better heads and 
heads and heads and shoulders above like shit like Captain Marvel or <laughs> a lot of other things. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, go back and watch that movie. It was the last time you saw it. Well, Captain funnily Marvel. enough, my daughter was my yeah, my daughter was watching it about a week ago, so I caught like the last half of it. Um mm. I, yeah, again, I, th- I was like, yeah, it's all right. Mm. See, I, I enthusiastically said I liked it but, earlier, but now I'm like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's, I'll, I'd say it would have dimin- diminishing returns. I'd say give it another shot, see how you feel. I've, I've watched it a few times to come to that conclusion. Okay. It's, yeah. uh, I really wanted to like it, but yeah, didn't happen. Right, okay, I will do. Well, maybe I shouldn't. I can cling to my, <laughs> my, my ignorance at the moment and just say, yeah, it's good. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll just never watch it again. <laughs> or maybe don't just for the sake of your daughter, man. Don't there get too bitter with this, like I have. Or like oh. half of the, f- <laughs> the fandom have gotten really bitter, and the other half are just still standing for anything that comes out. I say do whatever makes you happy. That's a good point. I, I, otherwise, I could just get her to listen to this episode and say, "Look, just <laughs> listen to this, and V's going to tell you everything about why this movie sucks." Okay? And she's like, "But no, but I love it." I said, Shush, just listen. <laughs> Shush, you need to grow up now. This is growing up time. You gotta listen to this strange man from the other side of the world. Listen to him. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Well I'll I'll give that some thought. But yeah, there you go. Uh definitely the oral notes. So, uh, hit me back with the oral notes thoughts. I absolutely will. Um yeah, thoughts. and uh I mean uh, as a as something else though, but like with the dark southern uh, kind of stuff mm. yeah man like uh, i absolutely want to you know uh, when there's like a crowdfunding thing or anything absolutely want to do everything i can to, uh, yeah, yeah. to help push that and contribute and signed like copies that. and shit yeah dude, signed copies awesome. that'll be collectible um, yeah all the very best with it man i really hopefully we can certainly connect uh whenever um that sort of reaches fruition it'll be awesome to uh, to have a, an in-depth conversation, having read it, and I could tell you everything wrong with it. And I said, "I'm not going to dissect." No, I'm, I have no doubt it's going to be a, a, a work of genius, uh, much like yourself. So, yeah, super excited for it, and um, yeah, really excited. Can't wait to, to, to yeah, to get my hands on it, have a look at it, read it. Yeah, yeah. Um, surviving Imran. No, is that I, you know, I, no. I had I wondered if that was going to come up, but no. That clip, what you just said, yeah, definitely. That's, <laughs> that's why I said it. So I was really keen just to get my hands on it. Just to get my hands on it. <laughs> just when you thought you were safe. <laughs> just when you thought you could survive. Oh Imran. Nice. Imran Khan? No. I'm deleting all of this. No, no, keep going because <laughs> it's not making air. <laughs> Except put my hands against. Put my best of best. Put my ten of ten. Or put my spend a spend, have sex, excel, excel. Or put my hands a yens, put my best of best, put my ten a ten. Or put my spend a spend, have sex, excel. After Matty fully cash, show, full of fala full of fat. Getting an itandy best show, full of fala full of fat. Tanding dash itandy hair show, full of fala full of fat. I funny catty funny cash show. Excel, or put my hands a yens. My best of best, put my ten a ten, or put my spend a spend, have sex, excel, excel, or put my hands a yens, put my best of best, put my ten a ten, or put my spend a spend, have sex, excel, off the mat, 
Fulla falla fulla falla Fulla falla fulla falla Fulla falla fulla falla Mm-hmm. 